Okay, we're back, uh, believe it or not, with uh, Three Point Range. It's been a while. I think this is our first one in the month of May. Uh, I was stunned this evening to receive a text from the scout that he wanted to do one because I realized it's baseball season and he's very busy with baseball and he's very busy with with pasta speaking parts in, in uh, uh, his history on uh, Chef Boyardee or something. And uh, But he's joined us and so has the... This is Mike Berardino, by the way, and he's joined us along with the professor who's not professing anything except whatever his first point is tonight. Yeah, well, I guess since we're talking baseball season, uh, I figured let's let's go to a baseball topic. All right. And my uh, yeah, I guess my first two words will be in Latin, mea culpa. Hmm. I know you all, the scholars, you are know that. That that means that I I, I kind of screwed up. I think there was a time in this podcast not too too long ago when um, when I was decrying the the um, the approval of the National League to bring on the the universal DH, and I have to say now a month and a half into the season. Um, I, I've changed my mind. I feel like you've uh, seen enough already. I, well, I, I just feel, yeah, I, I, I have seen enough. I, I, I expected at, at this point being the purest that you all know that I am, that I would be troubled by the fact that the strategy of the game, Oh, I got to have the pitcher, got to deal with the pitcher. And, and, uh, you know, I, I guess the, 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 the idea that we've kind of struggled to struggled offensively out of the gate anyway um, makes me wonder that God, if we had the pitcher in there uh, in the lineup, my it's amazing uh, just how how god awful offenses might be uh, in baseball right now. Do you, do either of you have any idea what pitchers hit last season uh, in the National League? You want to take a guess? I know you love these games. One fifty. Um, no, it's less than that. It's I think it's 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 probably a little under one hundred. I one oh eight lowest lowest in baseball history. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, if we had a if we had a one oh eight hitter in the lineups that are already pretty putrid this season, um, it would be even more of a struggle to watch. Uh. Currently, uh, you want to take a guess at what what DHs are currently currently hitting? Uh, last stats I was able to dig up. What are what are NL DHs hitting? I'm going to say two thirty. Mike, um, I think we should be using on base percentage. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, uh, two ninety. <laughs> two forty eight. Which doesn't sound great, but compared to 108, it ain't bad. Yeah. Uh, DHs are actually the second best hitters by position in in the uh, in the National League at this point, behind only first base. And uh, it just brings up this this idea. You know, I guess part of my thinking was, oh, I'm going to miss the strategy, and you know, what the, do you bunt your pitcher? All this stuff. Um, and honestly, in watching the few baseball games that I have, and it hasn't been many, I have to admit, um, that I haven't missed it. 
And I, I think the, the only thing that, that seems weird at times to me is as I'm watching a game is thinking, gosh, I wonder whether this guy's, you know, this guy's never going to be able to, to pitch into the fifth, sixth inning because he's going to get pinch hit for. And then you just realize, wait a minute, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> you don't have to worry about these pitchers getting, getting pinch hit for. They could just pitch, they could just pitch forever, and it's not going to affect the, the, line, the offensive lineup at all. But the, I guess the, the biggest thing and the reason this, this was brought up in my, in my mind today is because, uh, you know, obviously for, for, the, for the, the 15 NL teams, there's at least one guy on every team who is loving this rule because, you know, this is, it opens up basically 15 new jobs um, for actual hitters. Um, obviously, it's not the same guy every day, but you get the, get the idea. Um, but, but the biggest issue is not, is, is there, the biggest difference that this has made this particular season so far has nothing to do with a guy um, who is sort of a classic DH. But uh, the news today that that Bryce Harper is now would would now is now going to be out six more weeks in terms of not being able to throw. Um, what a what a crazy um, you know sidelight to this whole story that Bryce Harper has played exactly eight games in the in the field this year, and the way it's going, uh, you know, it's not it's not entirely possible that he wouldn't. Or entirely impossible that he would not be missing, uh, you know, the rest of the season. That he might have only had, he might have only played those eight games were it were it not for a for an NL, um, NL Universal DH. And what a different team the Philadelphia Phillies would be right now if there was no DH, because Bryce Harper would be on the DL right now. He'd be on the DL for the next six weeks, and God knows how far beyond that. So. Uh, you know, and there are certainly others. You know, Albert Pools. Who knows whether he would even be playing playing in the National League right now? Uh, certainly, there are other stories along the way um, that where the DH has, has made a significant difference, but none greater than in Philadelphia right now. And uh, so, yeah. Bottom line is, um, I'm okay with the Universal DH. I didn't think I would be, but. Uh, but I'm fine with it, and anything that brings more offense to what is a sometimes an ambulant game is uh, is okay with me. What do you all think? Well, you know, for years I I uh, ruminated about this. I've written about that, and um, I you know there was points where I kind of like, well, I don't know because I kind of like you know some of the things you talked about with the pitcher hitting and the strategy. But I think it was also a year or two ago that I finally said, I give up, you know, um, uh, no mas. I'll use my other, another language. Is that Latin? Yeah. That's it is Latin now. That's, that's Latin too. So anyway, um, uh, and I just said, yeah, for a lot of the reasons you talked about, it just makes sense, you know, and I think we talked about it here maybe that, you know, with now how, how little pitchers hit in the minor leagues and how unprepared they are to hit, when they get to the major leagues um, and just how hard it is to hit overall, you know, it was amazing that they can even hit 108. You know, you have guys that like, you know, haven't picked up a bat or have only picked up a bat a few times. And, you know, it's been five years since they really swung a bat and now they're facing the best hitters in the world without 
a ramp up without you know hitting a single a double a triple a and so yeah it, it it feels like that and and it's funny because yeah i sometimes forget myself that <laughs> there's the um the dh but I, I think it's been good and and as it's funny just one little sidelight as a scout you know when you scout, you evaluate players, obviously, and you try and figure out how they fit in with the club. And whenever I've worked for a National League team, which I've worked for the Astros and Padres, but I also worked for the American League team for 15 years, the Blue Jays, you have, there's a whole bunch of players that you sort of look at differently when uh, your team doesn't have the DH, because you think, I don't, we don't really have a use for him. He doesn't fit for us. You know, I, I can't really say he's a good major league player. Um, well, now, Oh, I can again with the DH. You have these guys that you really think don't fit positionally, and now they can they can hit. So that's just one kind of quirky little sideline that's happened. You know, for the first couple of months on the road for me, scouting is like, nope, this guy's in play now. Whereas for the last few years working for the Padres, it was like this guy is of no use to us uh, in the future. But let's hear what Mike has to say about the DH. I, I have a feeling he'll have an opinion on this. Well, I, I don't really want to talk about the numbers because we were we weren't even using the right ones, probably. But uh, I just miss I don't miss sacrifice bunting, certainly. But that's generally what the pitcher's job would be if someone were on base. Um, I miss. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but uh, and I'm not watching any baseball so far. I'm not boycotting it. I just haven't come upon it. I I, I think we've talked. I like it on the radio. I. Uh, I miss the tradition of the, when a pitcher would st stunningly get on and then they'd have to bring, it seemed like it didn't matter if it was 40 oh, no, degrees no. or 100. <laughs> Here we go. I, I love it go. when they bring them the jacket. So here's what I'm proposing. I'm so disappointed. I know, here's what I'm proposing. No, this is an excellent point. I'm so it's disappointed. It's not my point. I really thought it's, a point. it's a counterpoint. When a designated hitter of an America of a National League team reaches <laughs> base for old time's sake, yeah, for the for the visual and for yeah. the job of you know the the, the high school kid who runs the job <laughs> the jacket out there, he has to wear a jacket while he runs the bases. That's all. That's all I'm asking. I don't care about any of the rest of it. It doesn't really apply to me. I love that. The visual of one guy, it's 95 degrees, and he's running around with a jacket on the bases because he doesn't want to get, you know, he doesn't want to hurt his arm. So and you want you want pitchers driven in from the bullpen in golf carts again? Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. Absolutely, don't get me started. But uh -huh. I, just to limit this very closely to the DH and the loss of a pitcher hitting, you know, you mentioned Albert Pujols, um, you know, I just feel for the people in St. Louis because nobody having covered games there and been there, you know, visited there as a fan too. You know, they took perverse pleasure. I'm sure they still do, but nobody's doing this in applauding, over applauding for hitting behind the runner or or a sacrifice bunt by the pitcher that worked. And um, you know, you you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 a uh, it's it's cultish. And so now everybody's swinging from their butt. Everybody going, it's all power. It's just like Wimbledon, uh, ace on every, ace or home run, right? Um, ace or, or return winner. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to go too far with this, but the jacket would really help. Me. It would help me just bring back the jacket. I love that the starter oh, jacket. Man. Ideally, I don't even know if they're still in business. Nothing. I, I've learned. I've learned my lesson to to give you guys to let you know what I'm going to talk about 
more than two minutes before I, we I do know. this. So you, so you might have actually actually put some thought into me your all response. Day. Could have given uh -huh. me all day. I would not have come up with anything better than that. I <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing, but okay. Thank you. All right. Well, let's. Uh, are you done with that? <laughs> well, I was hoping to spark some 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 thoughtful and intellectual debate. Hey, clearly, that's not going to happen. You can go and so. look at even our Substack. I've written about the DH in the past, and um, the so there's numbers. plenty of big numbers. I've, I've made my thoughts yeah. on the DH well known. So, uh, all right, well, that's point one. And now uh, we'll go to the scout. And uh, I don't think, uh, what, what are you talking about? What's your point? Well, you know, guys, I know, you know, you haven't been watching baseball. I assume that's because you're, of course, suddenly turned to one of your favorite sports again, and that's watching NBA basketball. <laughs> I'm sure that's what you're doing <laughs> because you haven't been. So, Is that still going? Been, yeah, yeah, when you've been watching going. NBA basketball, I'm sure you've said, my gosh, what is up with some of these great individual performances we're getting? It seems every night someone's going for like 30 or 40 points with 10 rebounds and 10 assists and just doing things, you know, remarkable things. One individual just carrying the load, whether it's Giannis before they got eliminated or Doncic or Tatum or Jimmy Butler. Going, Are the what? Seattle Supersonics still in? No, Gus Williams is not in. Okay, and so, okay. Um, and, you know, you've been wondering, like, what, what's up with these just amazing numbers? Like, you know, uh, Magic and Bird and Kareem put up some great numbers, but they never quite did this on a nightly basis, just routinely go for 40 and, you know, double-digit rebounds and assists. What's up with that? Well, what is up with that is the way this crazy game is played. And we've talked about this a bit, but I, I think I'm going to get to a solution here in a minute. You, The game is played with one guy going ISO with four guys standing around or three or four guys standing around the three-point circle, maybe one token guy underneath the basket or on the block. And it's basically going one-on-one. -on -one. We've talked about that. But what that, that leads to is this, it's easy for one guy to accumulate all these points, right? It's easy because, you know, and, and, and if he's not getting his points, he's getting assists because if you help and he kicks it out for a three, well, he just got his assist. And... And because you're not really running around that much, you play deeper minutes, you, you know, it's easier to get rebounds. There's shorter players, so it's easier for one guy to sort of dominate the boards. Um, but the bottom line, as we know, is it's become a very isolated game again, you know, even though they had a period where they were able to get some movement in there without having crazy illegal defense rules. And that's part of why you boys are not watching. Um, it's become unpleasant to watch. You know, every possession, it's one guy driving against one guy, and then there's always about, is he getting fouled or not? It's up to the refs to decide. And then, of course, you get what John Walters, one of our loyal listeners, loves to tweet about, is traveling, which what happens when you get one-on-one -on -one and there's nowhere to go, you sort of pivot, pivot, you know, change your pivot foot, go off and travel and score, and the ref lets it go. This has got to stop. And guess what? This is the perfect topic for three-point range. You know why? Because it's all about the three-point shot. The three-point shot that saved the game by getting people outside, spreading the floor so it wasn't just a bunch of big dinosaurs banging around um, in the paint as it was when Mike Berardino used to love the game and just like <laughs> wrestling and boxing. Yes. Why not, just watch, why not just watch that, Mike, if that's what you want to see? Um, but it's it's actually become gone too far. And now everyone's standing around the three-point arc and watching one guy go inside one-on-one. -on -one. So how do we change that? Well, 
you heard it here first, boys. This is my original idea. And if it happens in a number of years, you're going to say that Kimball Crossley on three-point range was a visionary. You know what we need to do? Bonus to, for points in the paint. Nope. We need to limit the three-point arc the way the good Lord wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. If he wanted it to be a perfect arc, right, he would have oh. made the court a little bit bigger. But how about this? You do know, boys. No, no more three corner point three. Arc is not exactly is not the same distance all the way around. It's twenty three nine, you know, at the circle, the arc part. But then it's twenty two three, twenty two feet three inches, down from around about the foul line, extended down to the corner. Well, it makes for an easier shot. But what really happens is, it makes for these teams to space their players and have three or four. On the arc, and then it's, play, it's a game of like, uh, you know, keep away, and they just throw the ball to him in the corner and they throw it out to the wing. And then, and so it's hard to guard everybody, and that's why you can stand around the three point circle. But if you can imagine a three point line that is only the arc and then it ends, okay, now you won't have that problem. Now you really won't be able to space everybody about the three point arc. And guess what? Now you'll have to probably move to get certain guys open. There'll be more movement and, and there'll, there'll be more variety to the game, which is, again, what we have in the college game where maybe it's harder to find four sharpshooters to stand around the three-point circle. Or of course, we know, though, we're moving to that. We have been moving to that. Um, and so I think this might solve it, and it would be a great experiment. And I, I, I'm going to predict we don't have long left. We don't have many years left because we're all getting pretty old, the three of us. <laughs> But before we go, at least before I go, you know, um, uh, I'm going to see this. I bet you we're going to see the arc, arc limited and cut off maybe at those at the, the wings there and just have the 23-9 portion. Any thoughts? You don't even have to talk about the NBA. You can just talk about three-point <laughs> range. So I'm just trying to get the vision here or the, the visual uh, so a, so a, a shot from the corner is now a two-point shot in your world? Is yep. that what you're trying to tell, tell me? Yep, it's back to two. All right. So what about the where wherever this wherever this arc ends, just so some just somewhere on the in the court now. What if what if my left foot is behind the nope. arc, but my right foot is nope. is, is if over, you can imagine is, if you is will. on the other side. No, imagine if you will, where that arc ends. There's a direct line that goes to the sideline, right? So it's clearly like it's outside above this line is mm -hmm. a three, and below this line is not. Okay. okay. And that, mm -hmm. and that, and again, it's sort of, it's almost like, you know, it, it kind of makes more sense, right? It's like saying, look, if, if you're out there deep and firing the ball in from there, fine. But in here, it's just a two. And so, yeah, I mean, I've thought about that, but if you put a, if you put a line, there, there will be no such dispute, just like any line, your toe on the line, whatever, you're, you're, you're not uh, really outside the three-point circle. Mm -hmm. And then you can even make the arc a little bit further out even, you know, like a couple, because that's the problem, it can't be further out on the sidelines um, because there's no space, because the court basically ends. And I don't think widening the court is the answer because I, I, I think that would just, it's going to have more guys standing around outside and less motion around the basket and, and through. Hmm. Fascinating. Brilliant. 
fascinating. I'm telling you, you heard uh, it here first. It's very confusing. I'm struggling like him to get this visual. <laughs> right. Think uh, of this. If, FIBA, if inside that arc, you have to put on a jacket. I, yeah. Okay. There's a guy holding a jacket. And as soon as okay. you're in there, so he's, if you have a jacket on, it's not a three. You take the jacket off mm. and you leave the arc. And now if you shoot the ball, it's a three. Does that help you? I think you get yeah, the three points if you're wearing the, the NBA warm-up pants that have the snap. You just pull them right off with the snap, and then you get the points. Uh, here's what I'll say. First of all, I've lost track. Can you of wait for his point, Tim? I mean, if, if, he's, if he's this good on our points. I mean, <laughs> hey, has Tim talked yet? Uh, I'm going to just jump in real quick and just say, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, that's stunning math there, and you, you kind of intuitively know it. That's why the game's – Everything seems designed to create a corner three. And even when I was covering a Miami Heat in a, you know, here and there way, a postseason way, a decade ago, Shane Battier's whole thing was the corner three. Plenty of guys have made a career on the corner three. But exactly. what about, you know, I'm confused with this thing where it trails off and it ends like, you know, in the, in the, in the third row or something. What about just a straight line, you know, from go to the top of the key and then now go, go just you know, go another five feet, eight feet, like where Curry shoots from, and then just like a straight line, basically at the uh, hash mark, just almost at the hash. And uh, if that helps you, if you need to, that, oh, no, that would be like it's helps. not a three-point arc anymore. Obviously, you're doing away with the arc. How about just like a straight line? So basically, now it's just a heave because that's where we've <laughs> gone with it. It's just a, it's just a heave. And now another thing you could do is eliminate three seconds if you want to entice people to get down in the lane. You don't like my three-point paint shot uh what about uh eliminating a three sec go the other way with it we don't you know uh, uh, maybe that you oh, have to I think what you get then is like a wrestling match inside with a couple guys it. running outside you're, you're basically talking about roller derby now if you can yes. remember your visual of roller derby what that used to look like with <laughs> i'd also like a bunch to propose of people tied up in a scrum and other people zipping around them because i have no respect for the modern nba i'd also like to, to propose uh three uh four points for a uh 360 no. dunk and if you can do that, you get four. I don't know. If you if a contested dunk happens. After you bounce points. off the trampoline, that's that's yes, just in the like, middle of the court. Just like the old Charlotte Hornets guy used to do. Yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, we've sort of made a mockery of, of all of this, but uh but I I I'm I'm behind you if if it if it if it eliminates that corner three. Yes, I mean I don't watch uh, I don't watch the NBA, but but uh, even in college basketball, which I do watch, um, that applies, and I think it's uh, you know it's very clear that 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 the college offenses are are designed to try to get the the best three point shot, and that's usually a corner shot. I would be interested to know, and I don't know whether anyone's ever done any research on this, but you you suggest that that the corner shot is that much better than a top of the key shot. I wonder about whether whether that's as as oh it I is. mean I, I mean what about what about the idea that if you're taking a shot from the top of the key you have a chance to make it if you're not if it's not perfect distance whereas this whereas a corner shot that isn't the case I don't know I'm just I'm just throwing it out there I mean as you well Mike as, Mike sort of suggested that your research was less than thorough on the uh, batting averages of the pH uh, and the pitcher he did but, which I, but which this is, is a which simple Google search like what's the shooting line, percentage on straight on line uh, I had at about 30 feet he, he impugned my research or my researchers which I think is is 
is terrible because you know your numbers sounded pretty accurate to me they were i mean they're as accurate as the internet the internet affords which you know take that take that for what it's worth but use the wrong stat i thought he was more concerned about yeah my ob that it wasn't i wasn't using obp um you know sabermetrician that that mike is it's pretty simple and yeah mm -hmm. so um not asking for win probability added Uh, anyway back mm -hmm. to this point did you have anything on this do you have any more what about what is what is it what's the latest with the fiba i always think they set the tone for the rest of the world and and properly so with rule adjustments and they were they had we still don't have a trapezoidal lane but i think it sounds like you know i'm suggesting make the lane more friendly to the to the big guys but uh what, where's the, is anything different about the three-point line on the international game right now? See, I don't think so. Okay. I got nothing. I'm, 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 I'm for anything that, uh, that makes, you know, that, that makes the game more interesting to watch. Um, and I can't imagine that there's ever going to come a time when anything is going to happen that's going to make me want to watch an NBA game. But uh, if, you, if, if we can adapt whatever whatever the Kimball court is, I guess that's what it's going to be called. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, the Kimball court to, to the college game and, and help the college game uh, become a little more equitable for inside-outside game, I'm all for it. All right. Well, you're listening to Three Point Range. We've done two points. There's another point coming, and it's going to be a doozy. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'll just say that you can find us on uh, Substack. There's a little Substack. You can find us on Facebook with a Facebook page, uh, also called Three Point Range. And, um, oh, you know, this, this podcast originates with Anchor.fm, which does a nice job of getting, making a real idiot proof uh, situation for me. And then, uh, essentially, and, uh, and then you can find it at, Google and Stitcher and Amazon and and Spotify and all that stuff. And, and thank you for finding us. And we hope you're enjoying this. Now, this last point, I'm going to challenge some people out there. Maybe I'm going to be careful, but I just want I am going to be careful. But um, well, this I, I is this a family show? This is a family show still, right? I always like to think of us as a family show. I just I have to yeah, the whole family sitting around <laughs> Podcast machine. Yeah, FDR style. Um, Well, you know, many of those same family listeners uh, might not realize that uh, something went on here in the NBA just in the last couple days that is just wonderful fodder for Skip Bayless and the screamers out there. But it it really troubles me, and I don't want to make any insane predictions. I just want to call for something that, Bear with me here. We're in the period where we're still processing the Chris Rock, Will Smith attack, right, on that stage at the Academy Awards. We're still you are still processing that, Tim, still, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> Find still, yourself bothered by was, that. It, it was, hey, I was reasons. thinking about that just this morning. Well, yeah. you should be. I'm still processing what happened to Dave Chappelle, where they'd have great security. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, uh, how that, a security guard was so quick to jump off the uh, chair and, and tackle that random woman who ran onto the court on an NBA game just a few weeks ago. I am really concerned about the level of venom 
and vitriol that just uh, went back and forth between a team owner uh, and far more than just a team owner. I mean, he's just, he's a multifaceted uh, uh, thinker, one of the one of the best self branding mechanisms uh, that anyone's put together for Mark Cuban. So the Mavericks, I, I guess the short version is the Mavericks went into Phoenix and and drilled them in a game seven and courtside, as often has gone on for decades in the NBA. Uh, you had celebrities, and one of them was Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, longtime rapper, but you know everyone kind of knows Loose Cannon. Who knows what he's on day to day? Uh, and he walks in there, and so you know there's some back and forth uh, on social media afterwards because Lil Wayne had. Uh, called Kimball's pal, if you like, you want to see what Kimball thinks of Luka Doncic, uh, see Substack, but he called Luka a hoe, and Mark Cuban didn't like that, so he, then he clapped back, as they say, at Lil Wayne, and then Lil Wayne went to a whole other area with his 34.9 million Twitter followers, that's four times what Mark Cuban has, which is really scary, and Lil Tanichi uh, said the following, so cover your ears, kids. Uh, Mark Cuban, don't make me get you smacked, boy. You playing with me? What, W me? Two question marks. Uh, I I will, uh, and we'll clean up a little bit. I will urinate in your mouth. Oh, so anyway, that's terrible. That's new ground for us here. That's horrible. But here's the thing. I just, I just, I see that and, and uh, you know, he deleted it. So now it's, you know, it just gets another life cycle. But, uh. Next time Lil Wayne wants to go to one of these ball games and sit right up close, right on the court side, unhinged as he is, uh, what kind of security presence is there there? And he's not the only one. I mean, we got uh, the crazy couple of Machine Gun Kelly and 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 uh, and Megan Fox running around talking crazy about drinking each other's blood. We're in a society where everybody's famous and everybody thinks they're part of the show and they get the best tickets and they don't pay for it. And I'm just saying, security better up its game. And I'd kind of like to think that there's, is there a metal detector for people who go to the exalted courtside area? Because uh, after a, a little Tonichi gave us that uh, disturbing tweet um, that I'm still processing... It seemed like it was something out of the Key and Peel sketch uh, from years ago about Claudius Lewis. Ding. Uh, well, that's, a, that's an awesome one. Uh, are you guys concerned? Do you share my concern on this family show that then I'm not saying that it's just rappers. It could be could be metal musicians. Could be anybody who's unhinged publicly with 34.9 million followers. We, we pretty much know this guy now is a is a concern. Um, are we so in love with fame and and moving the meter and drawing eyeballs that people can say anything, do anything, and, uh, and then still get prime seats for the next game on television and be shown over and over and think they're part of the game? Uh, uh, yelling at the players. It's just a matter of time before it, it, it is something ugly. It results in, in something... Uh, you know, that'll make whatever Spike Lee and Reggie Miller were doing 30 years ago seem quaint. So that's what I have. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Well, I have not lost any sleep on whether uh, Little Wayne will be able to pee into Mark Cuban's mouth. Um, but you wanna, uh, do you want to, do you want to, Scout Boy, you, is, you get good seats. Do you want to look over problem. to your, 
Do you want to look over to your side and and see Lil Wayne at the next baseball game you're scouting? Do you think he's a he's a good person? Martina Gingis. Um, I know. Hello, and Uh, Monica Sellis. You know, Monica uh, Sellis. Monica Sellis. Oh, good point. Good point. The the unemployed lathe operator. Yes. So yeah, we we usually to get into these stadiums now. I think you do have to go through a metal detector. When I've gone to college basketball games this winter, when I go to baseball games, I don't know about the Um, rich and famous. Really? You think they, really? I think they get expedited. For instance, when teams travel, they get special treatment uh, as ball clubs and, and, and collections of pro athletes. They get to, you know, they go to their own. Now, I suppose there's some rudimentary version of a metal detector or a quick wanding or something, but it's all about making them comfortable and, well, you know, and bringing them I'm free gonna, stuff. I'm going to say that I think you're a hypocrite and I don't know about Tim, but I would say you both are saying you won't watch the NBA and Tim said he, he doesn't know what it would take, but I bet you, you both would start watching the NBA if, if some violence courtside no. was a regular thing, no. <laughs> especially from one detestable no. celebrity to another. No. Um, you know, right, Tim? I mean, would you agree that, you know, you would... Is that what it would take for me to watch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, then there again, that's basically no, wrestling. I, I, I mean, that's I what you used to that, watch wrestling. Yeah. When the manager that's, that's, on the that's, sideline, they go out and start hitting each other with... Right, that's, what, that's basically what we're talking about is pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I, and no, I don't watch pro wrestling, so I don't think, yeah, I don't think that would make any difference. Um yeah, uh, it, it, I'm. I, I, you lost me at at Little Taniche. I don't know who yeah. that is, but uh... well, that's apparently that's the, that's how you would find that if you if you want to push him over thirty five million for the Twitter followers, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's the actual handle. I can spell it out if you need it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, do I think that there that that we have gotten lucky over in our in our society and i hate i don't want to drag this in too much into the world of reality and outside of sports but do i think we've gotten lucky in the sports world that nothing crazy violent has happened at a game yes i do because think about it i mean you every single day in our country there's a mass shooting so god knows i mean it's happening right outside the arenas now right, right exactly right i mean we've got it's very right exactly this this past week we've happened had it happen right outside side the arena so um, is it, could it happen at a game? Of course it could. Um, do I really trust the, trust that the, you know, that the, that the security is, is going to catch everything? No, I don't. So do I think that, yeah, that we're, we're destined for something bad to happen eventually? Um, most likely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know whether, whether we can, uh, you know, whether whether there's a way to really to, to really legislate it out if there was we would have done it we would have tried to do a better job of it in this country so um yeah it's 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 it is scary um but uh i don't yeah i don't i don't really have a solution for that and i don't know how i guess that i guess i would ask you mike what is your what is your solution what would you what would you have done well, you just I, want I, you just want metal, better metal detectors. You want to I make want, sure that the, make the famous sure are metal detected. I want. I guess very simply, I think this is a reminder that we should not drop our guard uh, just in the in the face of fame or uh, Twitter 
uh, attention uh, in the in the in the constant. You know, we're we're just we're just uh, the fame monster, as uh, Lady Gaga called it. And so we have to be careful. We should be we sh we should. It's just a reminder that just because somebody's sitting courtside and you've heard of them and you're vaguely aware why they're popular, but I don't even know uh, what Little Wayne's produced in the last fifteen years or whatever. Uh, I don't want to. He's not the only one who could be a threat. Drake walks off, and Drake's kind of <laughs> soft, right? But Drake like walks off the court with the players. He's on the court after the game, you know, talking and 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 uh, he's he's he thinks he's part of the action. And of course, he picks a new team every year or every you know one team is eliminated. He jumps on another team. It's uh it's all about glomming on to who's got the cameras on them so that you can bolster your own marketability and brand. And at some point in this, in this eternal uh, one-upsmanship of, of and, you know, we're, we're not shocked by anything uh, except this tweets for me. Um, and we've reached a point where you really have to do stuff that's uh, just about insane to, to get onto the next 20, to own the next 24 hour news cycle and to get Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith screaming your name. Uh, well, the, the, you know, little little Tonichi got it done there with that, and um, it's uh, I don't know, I, I, it makes me pine for the days of Jack Nicholson going to Boston Garden and infiltrating, going behind enemy lines, and and uh, and all the fans seizing upon him verbally chanting something about Jack, and um, and then of course Jack getting to celebrate in '85 uh, the Lakers championship on Celtic uh, court at the garden um, and, you know, mugging for the cameras and whatever, doing Jack things, but certainly uh, nothing akin to uh, that kind of threat. There was no, there was no talk like that toward Red Auerbach or something, but um, I don't know. I, um, I just, you ask me what I want. I want, I want the same rules for everybody, whether they are, whether they have a Grammy or not. Um, and whether they have 35 million Twitter Twitter followers or not, it's just a reminder that wackos are wackos are wackos, and um, everybody has their breaking point. And apparently, um, uh, the Suns getting blown out at home in a game seven was the breaking point for this gentleman. And uh, and that's my point. Should should we just bring all sports back to 1985? And just just asking for that. Just leave it at that. I think it'd be good if they wore the jacket running the bases, but uh, I, I, we don't, you know, I'm not in any great, uh, I'm not in any great hurry to, to sit close to the court again at an NBA game. I've done it. I once saw Madonna courtside at, at, um, at a heat game and walked up close to her just to, you know, she was Madonna and I, but nobody stopped me. I was, you know, I had press pass, whatever. I, we we didn't you know I didn't get her number or anything. This was in the early nineties, uh, but um, you know I don't. Are know. you saying you'd feel less safe courtside than you would up in the blue seats and like nosebleeds? Uh, I think I'd feel safer courtside. Um, I don't know. I don't want. I I just think that I'm not sure you're safe anywhere anymore. I don't know if the players and the coaches and the refs the refs are safe, and who knows? You know, let's just call it. I mean. It's been written about here. Phil Mickelson's not playing in the PGA. He's got big, you know, the books coming out now about his gambling issues. And, and you got Gary McCord saying Phil was, you know, gambling during the guy. He was so upset by gambling losses <laughs> that it affected we his ability so to, 
to perform. He came so close to well, being who's in the to say no? without the word gambling. I, th- I thought we were going to do it. I oh, no. No, I think that it's simple. To Just to give yourself peace of mind, there must who's be somewhere where you could wager on celebrity <laughs> shooting on a court side. <laughs> It you must have, have some pretty good odds. It doesn't have to be a shooting. I mean, it can you be don't anything. have to worry about it. You can root for it. You can have a wager on it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I'm processing it. Um, this is how you process it. This is how you process, obviously. Everything you filter is through gambling. So you yeah. say, like, <laughs> no, it's, it's going to happen. What are the odds it happens? Well, let well, me look on one of my sites and let me lay down a wager. This is what yeah. you do. Yeah, I certainly don't want to win that one. And I don't want to even uh, joke about it anymore because gun violence makes me uh, uh, very sad. But um, I, I just think uh, there are no safe havens, even uh, courtside at an NBA playoff game, because you're letting uh, fame dictate who I mean, our security, our security guards, I don't know, our security guards taking it seriously enough just because somebody's famous. I mean, that you just don't know. You just don't know what somebody's going through. You just don't know. You're, they're right there. And, it, you know, the Larry David uh, wonderful curb your enthusiasm thing with him sticking his feet out and, uh, and tripping and all that. That's um, that's that's small potatoes for what could happen if somebody's got, you know, a million dollars on the game and isn't happy with somebody getting tossed out of the game or whatever. You just it's uh. It's a weird time, and that was a weird point, but I thought I should make it. <laughs> All right. Yet another reason not to watch the NBA. Exactly. That's just sum it up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep, it's just mm-hmm. safer this way. And it, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Too dangerous. Too dangerous. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's <laughs> that's our show for this week. <laughs> uh, and, uh, we we're, we're clearly out of practice. we got to do this more. We thank you for listening. <laughs> And we hope that everything stays calm going forward. And uh, if you want to follow Mark Cuban, it's at M Cuban. And uh, don't follow the other guy. And uh, this has been Mike Berardino, uh, joined as always by Kimball Crosley and Tim Crothers. And uh, we'll see you next time.